And today, Stephen Pritchard's going to look at things you might need to consider if you're starting a new job. That is financial things, of course. And we'll also have a market update with Henry Jennings from Marcus Today, as well as looking at what gold is doing and all those other things, currencies and commodities coming your way on to a new RFM and Stephen Pritchard. Well, another week rolls by and anything particularly happening? Oh, no, there's nothing really. There's a couple. Oh, there's an interesting takeover offer. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but nothing much happened during the week. Pretty quiet. Okay, it's probably not a bad thing to be able to say that, though. Uh, it's always, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Fewer surprises Fewer of surprises. the nasty variety. Fewer surprises of the nasty variety. Yeah. No surprises of the, the positive so, variety. So what about gold? Has it gone up? Uh, gold was up $6.61 an ounce to $1,922.50. I wonder if we'll get the $2,000 mark. Anyhow, so... I think what you mean is when rather than if, don't oh, you? Oh, well, you know. Yeah. Uh, copper price was eight thousand four hundred and fifteen, which was one hundred and sixteen dollars and thirty three cents an ounce, and the crude oil price was down seven cents a barrel to eighty six dollars and eighty six cents. Mm-hmm. Down. Down. Like uh, the currency. Oil being down. Uh, the, we we the, like to hear about oil being down. Down. Uh, well, it didn't actually. Yeah. Well, we we'll get to that. Uh, um, the currency prices. Um, we're, we're down across the board here, so it's oh. more expensive for imports, more expensive to go overseas. Um, so we're down to sixty nine point three against the US dollar. Against the Great British Pound, we're down to fifty four point seven one um, pence. Against the uh, New Zealand dollar, we're down to one hundred one dollar and five New Zealand dollars, and against the euro, we're down to sixty one point three nine euro cents. Mm-hmm. So it's down, but there's not really major. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, we're down. The major thing we're down is half a cent against the US dollar, um, and the all ordinaries, uh, the the equity markets around the world were quite good. Um, uh, the all ordinaries market was um, up 167.9 to 6,634 points. Uh, The S&P 500 was up 36.4 points to 2,879. The UK market was up 107.8 to 7,367. And the Nikkei was up 355.7 points to 21,129. So equity investors are generally feeling a bit wealthier this week. Um, Some local, uh, some stocks local investors tend to like is uh, BHP was up $2.52 to $39.57. Uh, CBA was up $0.47 cents to $80.19. Uh, NHF was up $0.43 cents to, which is, sorry, uh, NIB. Mm-hmm. NIB, NHF's is code, was up to $7.26, which must be getting close to an all-time high, uh, if it isn't an all-time high. And, and Telstra was up um, $0.12 cents to $3.81. So so um, local investors have done reasonably well, I would have thought, this week. And the, the fuel price is $1.46.7 in Newcastle, $1.32.4 in Sydney. So, there's, you know, we're $0.14 cents a litre difference there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bit. And Mind you, the prices were down a bit over the long weekend. Uh, they didn't leap. Depending where you went. Oh, maybe that's so. Uh, um, a diesel price, a dollar fifty-one point six, and in Sydney, a dollar forty-seven point nine. So, yeah, so so yeah, not much changes in the price really. Thursday finance on two and your RFM. Time for our market update with Henry Jennings from. Uh, 
He's a senior market commentator with Markets Today. Over to you, Stephen Pritchard. Henry Jennings. Hey, Stephen. How are you? I'm good, Henry. I'm good. That's good. Excellent. It's, it's been the weather's been quite warm here, so we have the weather's very warm here as yeah, well. So, so the AGL's gas consumption must be down. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. AGL's got other things on their mind yeah, as well at the moment. Yeah, they're going to buy one of your favourite telco providers. Interesting. I mean, I mean, we use the Vocus uh, broadband at the office, and uh, oh, yeah. despite the initial teething problems with getting someone to actually um, uh, talk to you, yeah. uh, once it's uh, once it's installed and up and running, I mean, it, it works fine. Yes. You know, well, I have five. to say, I, I have I have Vocus in my um, at home on the NBN, and it's absolutely atrocious. Is it? But I don't know if that's a focus issue or whether that's just NBN. Well, it depends. It depends who owns the cable, of course. If it's NBN, it's a lot of home stuff's the NBN issue. But but this yeah. is this is on Vacus's own. The office one's on Vacus's own um, fiber yeah. network. Um, yeah. I've actually had less issues with that than we did at the NBN at home. Yeah. Fortunately. Um, yeah. Anyhow, we'll see what happens. And then yeah. West West Farmers decided they want to get back into retail again. Um, yeah, well, West Farmers have been um, quite acquisitive recently. I think that's the, the right way of putting it. They um, they bid for Linus, um, and then they did uh, Kidman. That was in Rare Earth. And now, they're, now they've bid for a group called Catch, which started out as Catch of the Day, which basically um, sources, uh, I guess, cheap stuff, um, stuff that's um, going out of season, end of line, that sort of stuff, and offers them to people. Um, it's a big sort of platform. They've got a lot of subscribers, obviously. It's been quite successful for them. And uh, now West Farmers have come calling uh, and are paying $230 million bucks, which is a big price. And I'm sure the founders of Catch Group are absolutely delighted with the price. The rationale, I guess, is that West Farmers can use that platform to roll out for some of their other um, retail outlets like Kmart and those sorts of things and use it to uh, to peddle their wares um, at cheaper prices on the, the Catch platform. So it may be that it's just cheaper to buy or do the Victor Kayam. We liked it so much we bought the company. Uh, it may have been just been cheaper to have, um, to buy the, the technology and the company and the know-how mm-hmm. and the database um, the, rather than uh, build it and they will come themselves. So, um, yeah, an interesting move. Certainly West Farmers have been opening the checkbook, so um, it's uh, interesting. And um, a couple of the litigation... Uh Lawyers decided to have merger discussions, and a couple of days later, they abandoned them all with the Shine and Slater and Gordon. And yes, well, of course, Slater and Gordon's had a pretty, um, pretty 
a horrible history, I guess, after the, the UK takeover mm-hmm. uh, went horribly wrong. So, yeah, it's interesting, but um, certainly um, uh, there, there's a lot of M&A activity at the moment. Whether some of it comes to fruition or not remains to be seen, but certainly these two looked as if they were going to get together and maybe not. But um, I'm sure that there is some rationale for them to do so, but it's just a question usually of fitting culture against culture and price against price. Um, so at the moment it doesn't look like it's happening. No, and of course they they were going to then take on Morris Blackburn, but yeah, it wasn't Morris yeah. Blackburn suing Slater and Gordon or something. At, at yeah, point. I think at one stage Slater and Gordon were probably suing themselves. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think every, I think in that game everyone sues everyone, doesn't that? Don't yeah, they? yeah. <laughs> we'll come back in a moment and talk about some pate. Cool. <laughs> okay, so Maggie Bears, um, there's talk that it's lost its. Cachet is a premium brand. Yeah, there is. I mean, that's always the danger with these things, I guess, is that you get big and and you do uh, lose that cachet. Um, And certainly there is some talk. It's been been taken over as well Mm -hmm. um, by um, the people behind Jessica's suitcase, which is um, Jessica Rudd, the the daughter of the former Prime Minister, Kevin. So um, I guess it's it's always a bit of a balancing act for... um, for these kind of products, you've got to be seen as boutique to attract that premium. But equally, um, you need to expand your product range and your offerings mm-hmm. uh, to make enough money. So it's, it becomes a different proposition if you belong to a bigger group than if you're um, a small um, sort of boutique mm-hmm. provider. So yeah, it, it, it is a, a fine line to tread. But it looks as if Maggie beer products are a little bit uh, slipping on that fine line towards um, losing some of that premium. Yeah, I know. I noticed there's a lot more of their products and different products in their, their shops these days. Yeah, so you know, it's um, it is that it is that strange one, and you've got to be careful when you expand that you don't lose mm-hmm. uh, the premium that you've got. And of course, there's a lot of competitors coming in, and they may be small and boutique, and they mm-hmm. may be nibbling away and uh, forcing uh, some price cuts. And of course, you know, we don't live in a particularly good retail environment at the moment, and people are being a little bit cagey with their uh, mm-hmm. with their money and the way they spend it, so that probably doesn't help them either. Yes. So, spending, speaking of spending money, Star, Star City shares fell to a four-year low. Yes. Yeah. It's a $50 million cost-cutting. Cost-cutting. You've got to love those cost-cutting. Yeah, um, yeah and this is certainly, um, you know, maybe it was that James Packer um, timed it absolutely brilliantly, selling a big chunk of his uh, Crown Resorts to uh, his friend uh, that runs the um, the Macau casinos uh, in Melco. But, um, yeah, certainly, you know, those those big, they call them whales, that come over to Australia with VIP gaming and stuff like that. And we have seen a fall-off in Chinese uh, tourism uh, to Australia. I don't know whether that's a factor. They've just got more choice now as more countries and more destinations sort of crop up on their radar, or whether it's the slowing down of the Chinese economy. But certainly it did affect Star in a big way. And, of course, um, they've got the big Sydney uh, Star Casino, which is right opposite the... Uh, uh, the, the Crown Casino, which is being built, which is not due to finish uh, being built for another couple of years, but that's going to increase competition as well. And the theory was that you know it would become a, a destination, and that you could choose between the two. And you know if you got bored of Star, you could go over to Crown, and vice versa. But uh, certainly at the moment, um, the share price has been under somewhat 
um, of a pressure there. And, and of course, you know, the, the local economy is not that great either. So that does uh, reduce um, revenues as well on their gaming tables. So not a great story at the moment. And of course, then you get those wonderful words, strategic review, cost cutting, etc., etc. So um, yeah, not not easy at the moment if you're a consumer facing, whether it be gaming or um, or retail. But it always makes me wonder whether you know crown, uh, the. the, the Starcy's made this announcement they're going to, you know, reduce costs by fifty million, and it's not going to affect the services provided of to the customers. It's not. Yeah, well, well <laughs> why are we paying fifty million too much anyhow? Well, that is a very good question, Stephen. You know, it's it's always um, you see it's uh, time if, if, and time again. Does that mean that it was just so bloated with yep. costs that it's easy to cut them back? And of course, saying that it won't reduce service is. Um, it, it, it doesn't really wash, does it? I mean, it, and we've seen that with Maya. Um, I was in Maya the other day, actually, and you know, you look oh, around the store and try and find some uh, some people to serve you, and it's a familiar story now that it's impossible um, to find anybody to help. So uh, people wander off and go elsewhere. So um, that, that cost cutting is, is great, but it, you do have to ask mm-hmm. the question: if it was so easy to cut fifty million bucks out of the business. Why has it taken till now to do it? And and uh, maybe you should have been doing it more gradually than suddenly, um, I don't know how they're going to cut the cost, but you know, losing tables, losing croupiers, losing um, space or cutting costs in food or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it does beg that question of, of why it's taken so long to do it. Did you buy anything at Maya? Uh, no, oh. I didn't. Mm. i tell you what was interesting, though. I was in, this is at Macquarie Park in uh, in northwest Sydney. The queue for Uniqlo was absolutely extraordinary. It went out the door, whereas there was nobody in Maya. Uh, David Jones was very sparse. Yes. I was just looking for, it was a bit chilly on uh, Monday, so I was just looking for a, a fluffy down jacket. But the yes. queue for Uniqlo was absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous! It was. I've never seen anything like it. It was. It was. And, you know, so um, obviously, some retailers are doing it tough, and some retailers have worked out the formula. And it certainly, you know, judging by the Mark One eyeball, um, Uniqlo was um, was nailing it. Yeah, can we buy any shoes in that? Uh, what's that? Do we? Are they listed? No, they're Japanese. Oh, um, that's and I've got to say, the service in Uniqlo is extraordinary. If you buy a pair of uh, jeans or whatever, they take them up for you on the spot. Oh, that's amazing. Free. Come back in 20 minutes and you've got the right length jeans. So, oh. And they're you know, 50, 60 bucks and they're pretty good quality and they, they last for a while. So, yeah, it's, um, they, they certainly seem to have a, a winning formula. And judging by the number of people that were queuing to buy um, probably the same sort of fluffy down jackets that I was going to buy, um, was, uh, was weird. So, yeah, someone's oh. doing well. And uh, the, the the shareholders in Prosper are doing well when it listed a nineteen percent premium. Yeah, not so well today though. Not so uh, well today. <laughs> no, um, Prosper has had a couple of days when it hasn't really prospered at all. It had a really good uh, opening, opened around uh, four fifty. Uh, I think its uh, offer price is around three eighty four, three eighty five or something. Anyway, it's back to three sixty one now. It's down twelve percent today. So um, there are some uh, some sellers coming in in some of these uh, IPOs, and of course, Prosper was the, was the stock that um, was about to list uh, last year. And fifteen minutes to go before listing, they um, they pulled the float, 
uh, they had some issues with ASIC and the Royal Commission, and they came back with a vengeance. And as you say, they had a really sparkling debut, but unfortunately haven't been able to back it up. They were down yesterday, and they're down today. So not all that glistens is gold, and not everyone prospers in Prosper, it seems. Yes, but the executives at Afterpay seem to have prospered for 100 million. Yeah, another weird one. Um, Afterpay raised um, a huge amount of money, I've got to say, um, for a business that you would think is um, is relatively self-sustaining and, and kind of supposedly viral and built this wonderful platform. Um, they raised 400 million bucks. There was a huge demand for it. Um, it closed very quickly. Um, it, it was uh, combined with a hundred million dollar sell down by some of the founders who released some of those shares and the issue was done at 23 bucks the stock was up really bounced really hard yesterday as there was such demand for it yet today they've had um, an inquiry Oztrack are looking at them in terms of money laundering and counter-terrorism um, and know your client stuff which has surfaced before and Oztrack looks if they're going to force um, after pay into having some sort of um, serious kind of um, um, or independent auditor to uh, to examine identity. So uh, the stock is down 12% today, mm-hmm. and they are actually well below the $23 price that they were issuing the stock at. They're now 22.56. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's not been a great day for those people who took the uh, the placement at 23 bucks, who thought they were absolute geniuses yesterday, and uh, look quite not quite such geniuses today. Yes. Oh, well, we'll see. Well, that's what, the way of things. Yes, it's the way of things. And, of course, the other genius, uh, which, which, which which is kind of this morning's news, is that uh, uh, CBA sold count for <laughs> $2.5 million, which they paid $373 million yeah. four, four years ago. I don't know whether it was Mr Lambert who bought it back or not. No, um, hmm. it... it, it. It, it wasn't, um, yeah. although he, I think he's part of the group. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, extraordinary. And I guess you're very close to the coalface with financial planning and that side of things. And um, we have a financial planning arm here at Marcus today. So very interesting. They've got a huge amount of planners. Yeah. Like, and it's just a, a massive amount of money to have ripped up yeah. um, buying a business. And they've had to put away, I think it's 200 million bucks for remediation costs. And maybe it just shows you that, you know, buying a large financial planning business is good in some respects, but it also gives you a large amount of issues if um, if it's not um, performing as well as it should. Um, but but, but two and a half million, I mean, that, that's a fire sale sort of stuff. I think the problem with these big groups is no one actually knows what's going on in there. No, no. I think uh, I think that's absolutely right. So, um, yeah, I think that, that's the problem. The bigger you get, the harder it is to control the culture. Yeah. And maybe that was part of the problem with the AMP. It's it's yeah. it's very easy if you've got an office, you know, a small office yeah. of twenty people, and you can see when someone's doing see the wrong going thing. Wrong. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. you can you're you're on top of that as you yeah. as you well know, and you can you can mm. curate the right culture for the firm. But when you've got you know twenty offices or something, and they're yeah. each run independently, yeah. and they're all doing their own thing, it's really hard to curate that culture and you know that's where Macquarie uh, has been very successful because they've managed to to replicate and and and, well enshrine that culture that they've got um, across you know a a range of businesses a range of offices and and replicate it to a a massive extent which uh, you know it's it's a good thing that they've they've been able to do but it's um, it's not without risks and as we've seen with uh, Count Financial it's um, it's an 
expensive mistake for someone to have paid 350-odd million, and I'm sure Barry Lambert's a jolly happy man because he, mm. he became a very rich man on the back of that. And then uh, it may even be uh, you know, the, the Alan Bond-type situation mm. when uh, you sell something to someone and then you can buy it back for, for pennies on the dollar. Yeah, um, well, I think proportionally is better. Um, yeah, I, th- I think you're probably right. It's uh, it is extraordinary. So um, yeah, they had yeah. It was only eight years ago that they paid three hundred seventy-three million dollars. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Anyhow, we'll, we'll stay tuned and see what extraordinary things happen to talk about next week, Henry. I'm sure, well. The great thing about the spot market is there's always there's something, something to talk. That's right. Henry Jennings and our market update today on Thursday. Finance on 2NURFM and Stephen Pritchard's very happy to answer a question or two for you if you would like to ring in things about personal investment, taxation or the stock market. Give us a call for Stephen. And in the meantime, Stephen, we're going to talk about starting a new job and some of the things from the financial point of view that it's actually worth considering beforehand. Well, I mean, starting new jobs seem to be people. People seem to be changing jobs a lot more than than they used to. Um, and there's a couple of things you need to attend to when you start a new job. I mean, and and one of the, the one of the first things is the uh, tax file number declaration. So so basically, you need to to complete your tax file number declaration and give it to your um, employer. So uh, what what's that for? Well, that basically tells your employer how much tax to take out. So if you don't do it, and, and you don't usually have much trouble getting tax file number declarations of people, because if you don't do it, the employer's going to take out 50, approximately 50% of your um, income as tax. So okay. people only usually forget about that for one pay period. <laughs> okay. But, 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 yeah, but there is something important that people do forget about. So, so you know... That's the first thing, and you'll need to put your tax file number on that, and you'll need to fill that in and hand it to your employer, preferably before you start or at least before the beginning of the pay period. Otherwise, the employer is going to take out half your earnings in tax and pay it across the the ATR. And you'll get it back, but not until you put your next tax return. Once it's paid to the ATR, the only way you'll get it back is... um, putting in your tax, um, return. tax return. Yeah. yeah, And isn't this a good way of managing things if you have, say, two jobs? Well, if you've got two jobs, there's a different rate of tax applied in here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the, the employment declaration form tells you whether you can claim uh, the general exemption, which means the first 18,200 of income is tax-free. Mm-hmm. Um, you can only fill that in for one job. And then after that, it gets taxed at 30% if you don't claim the general exemption. And if you if you... Uh, don't fill the form in altogether. It gets taxed at the highest marginal tax rate, which no, which which, the 50% yeah, which is 50, which most people, yeah, you know, particularly if you're entitled to the general exemption, uh, you know, you're going from no tax to 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 basically. Uh, Half. Half. So, yeah. yeah, most people seem to get that form filled in pretty quick. That's and and make sure you're filling properly because there's other things on there as well about rebates and other things you can claim as well. So you need to spend a bit of time and make sure that's filled in. But once again, most people tend to get that, that done properly. Um, now, also, if you're, if, if, if you're a um, uh, not um, an uh, uh, Australian resident, you've got some kind of visa, um, employers now are required to check that you've your visa enables you to work in Australia. So don't be surprised that if you get asked for um, so, so a copy of your passport, 
Um, and a copy of your visa, presumably, well, if you've got one. Well, stuck in there. I mean, if you get, get a copy of your passport. Um, and also what's becoming more prevalent, you know, um, a lot of people are now starting to do police checks mm-hmm. before they employ people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and various other jobs require various other uh, checks. I think there's a working with children. If you're working with children, I mm-hmm. think there's something for seniors, isn't there? Or is, is there? It, or is yeah. it proposed? Oh, yeah. well, yeah. no doubt and it'll it, be proposed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, after the Royal Commission, there might be a suggestion that's come out of the Royal Commission. Um, and there's so many of these things suggested and or proposed or come in. And, and, of course, then there's RSA things as well, that if you're going to serve alcohol, your employer's going to want a copy of that. Yes. So all, all those things. Um, now, one of the most important things that people continually seem to neglect, I had a discussion with a client yesterday is the superannuation choice form so when you start a new job you'll be given a superannuation choice form and you know they're having problems getting the forms back from their their staff i mean i I just can't understand this so uh, that what we've decided we're just going to sign them all up for the default fund so that solves the problem from the employer's point of view but creates problems from the employee. Now, the employee is supposed to fill in how the process is supposed to work. The employee fills in the superannuation choice form, gives it to the employer, and then the employer pays the money to your superannuation fund. Yes. Now, what happens if you don't fill in the superannuation choice form? The employer has a default fund which they will pay the money to. Mm -hmm. Now, it may suit you particularly if it's your first job or your only job, the only job you've ever had, to have the money paid into a default fund because you've got no say in that. It's just what the employer decides. Yes. And, and maybe for some reason or other you don't like that fund, but, you know, it's basically bad luck. But the real, the, the real issue here is that this is how people end up with six, three, six, eight, ten... 10 different superannuation accounts paying 10 it's a lot, lots of fees and it's basically because they won't fill in the superannuation choice form. And it's really fairly easy except you do have to make sure you get all the figures right, don't you? Oh, you've only got to have your name and your fund and your tax yeah, and file your, number and your, yeah, your, and your account number. Account number, yeah. you know, it's not that difficult. Well, true. And I, I just don't understand why people don't. Don't, don't do that. Do this. Yeah. Anyhow, so the employer's got the obligation to pay the super. They'll take the, as we told our clients yesterday, don't worry about it. We've chased these people up two or three times. Just pay it into the default fund and it's their problem to sort out. So an employer has to have a default fund ready to go. An employer has to have a, a default fund. That, that The employer selects a default fund. So if, 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 if it's not specified in the workplace, a, if it's not specified in the workplace agreement or, or an award, or it says the employers that can select, as long as it's a, a, a registered my super fund, the employer can just pay that that money into those funds. Right. Now right. most employers will just then pay it into, um, you know, one of the big industry funds, generally REST or my super. Um, Australian super or something like that. I mean, that's why these funds like to be made the default fund, so they get all this money coming. But yeah, it's important to you if you got four or five funds, you're paying four or five times the fees, and sometimes even the case you will have more than one account in the same fund because you know they haven't been merged. They haven't the been ma- well. You haven't given the account different. number. The employer starts yeah. paying it in. They can't match up the details, so it just the fund just opens a new account. 
Mm. So in the same fund, you can be paying multiple levels of fees for exactly the same thing. Ah, oh, yes, it doesn't seem very sensible or logical. No, so, so you need to do, you need to do that. Um, and the other thing is, you need to keep a track of um, um, your payslip. It'll payslip will have you how much money is going into into your super. Um, yes. Employers required to pay that into the superannuation fund twenty eight generally, generally twenty eight days after the end of the quarter. So you need to you need at the very least at the end of the year to make sure all your superannuation has been paid into the fund, preferably yes. more often regularly. Now, there's going to be a lag. I mean, if the employer pays it on the 28th day, it's going to take, you know, probably a week to shop because most goes through the clearinghouse. But, you know, it's not going to take months to shop. So if your super's not showing up for months, you need to start to raise some issues with your employer about that. Sounds reasonable. And the other thing you might need to think about is uh, things that you spend in the course of working. Work-related yeah, yeah. work-related expenses, which is this 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 time of the year. Um, um, the ta- the ATO's got out a new ruling on people have been in the habit of claiming mobile phones and inter- home internet. Now, the ATO has got a new ruling um, that comes into force this year. Um, unless you've actually got a, a, a logbook detailing you know, the amount of calls made on your mobile phone, uh, business versus private, and the amount of home internet business versus private, your total claim's limited to $50. Okay. So there's none of this, you know, 50% of the phone bill was, was business use or work-related because I'm on call. It's just not going to stack up anymore. So, you know, and Take also any yeah. over $300 you need to keep a receipt for. Okay. Thanks, Jane. Thursday Finance for today. Back next Thursday after the midday news with Stephen Pritchard on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>